Well, hello everyone. I'm your host, Cindy Ketzel. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Nine to Thrive HR. In this podcast, we team up with experts to bring you the best in HR, talent management, and business strategy. As you all know, we're always looking to hear from you. So if you do have a specific topic, a recommendation, an area of interest, please send us an email at podcasts at hci.org. We would love to hear from you. You all, I'm so excited to interview today Stephen Cardwell. Let me give you a little bit about who Stephen is and how long he's been in this field with knowledge and talent and time. But Stephen is the Vice President of Premises, Benefits, Wellbeing, and Retirement Program. And he's actually held that role there for about seven years. And I know Stephen's been with Premise for much longer than just those seven years. Um, he has about 20 years, I love this, of employee benefits experience started as a benefits broker consultant, then transitioned into the larger employer space and ultimately made the trek from Memphis to Nashville, Tennessee for premise. In the past, uh, different employer experiences held uh, were with publicly traded retailer and pharmacy with about 20,000 plus covered employees and two unions in about 700 locations across 15 states. I know that's always challenging and exciting. He's worked in the food manufacturing space. And then of course, you know, here ended up in the healthcare space with Premise. To tell you a little bit about him personally, I always love this part of our guests. Um, he's been married for 12 years, has a nine-year-old daughter and two dogs, a golden doodle and a Pomeranian Yorkie mix. That's quite a size difference there, Stephen, between <laughs> those two. Um, and I mentioned this to Stephen when we were talking earlier. He loves to spend time at live events anything from concerts to sports and a hockey fan too. I'm originally from Detroit, so I started at hockey early on um, and even attending festivals. He does like to work out. He mentioned he likes to work out first thing in the morning, which I love, uh, puts him kind of in a good headspace. But this is what I appreciated, Stephen. I like to work out because I also love food. So I can appreciate that. Absolutely. I, I, love, I love food too, Stephen. So, so welcome, welcome. We're so delighted to have you here with us today. Yeah, no, thank you, Cindy. I really appreciate the opportunity to be able to speak with you and your listeners and uh you know, share what I can to hopefully help those out there and maybe make some impacts on uh, in ideas that people may or may not have uh, considered uh, up until now. So I'm really excited. I love it. And, you know, it's been so interesting. We've had, um, at the time of this recording, we've interviewed a few folks in this topic of employee wellness. And I know that this topic of employee wellness is, well, you'll be able to probably tell us as your stories, but it's been important for a long time. But we're seeing such a rise in a commitment to it. I think maybe that's what I'm seeing differently. So it's been really cool over uh, the first part of 2023 to be able to talk to folks about this. So with that, I like to set a stage here. So can you provide for us, how would you define from your perspective, how are you defining as we go through this conversation, employee wellness? What does that mean for you and your organization? Well, that, uh, that's the million dollar question, right? Wellness, uh, just to backtrack a little bit, I mean, I'm sure your listeners are well aware of this. I mean, just going back even 10 years ago, 
wellness was very much a stagnant space in the field. It was something that people knew we needed. I'm uh, not quite sure how to implement it or, or what we needed to do. So I think like many of us probably thought that it's physical activities and nutrition and challenges all around that sort of area. Um, but it became the part where engagement really became a, uh, and participation really became issues because there's only so many walking challenges or step challenges that that you can do and really be successful in, in touching your employees where they are in their life cycles, right? So then we fast forward into uh, end of 2019. And of course, all of the experiences we had in the last few years, beginning in 2020. And for us, what we've seen at Premise, uh, we've definitely seen it with our clients and uh, even the marketplace that the brokers are involved in are seeing this. The shift of well-being has become such a much more comprehensive space than it ever was before. And it seemed to almost turn on a dime. Uh, wellness is no longer just you know, being physically fit and eating right and having a smoking sensation or a diabetes program. Uh, now for us, it really has become meeting team members, our employees, where they are. And for us, it's, you know, we concentrate on physical, nutritional, financial, behavioral, mental health, and particularly social determinants, you know, within our well-being program. And in doing that, as you can imagine, that's a lot of stuff. It is a lot of stuff. It is a ton of stuff. And uh, the reason we do that is we're trying to get employees to be able to participate and engage in things that make sense to them. So we know a physical challenge is not going to resonate with everybody at the beginning of the year. They may have other health concerns or behavioral health needs, for example, that are just touching them at that particular moment. So engagement in the physical aspect of it would be pretty low. So really what we try to do, just you know, generally speaking, is we, we try to be as comprehensive as possible, providing specifically what our particular population, and as it, just as importantly as our team members, their family members are needing. And we try to make it as easy as possible and engaging. That's really the big, the big word for us with wellness is engagement. Without that, it, it will never be sustainable. There were three words. First of all, thank you. I always appreciate the perspective, right? What is that perspective we're coming from, from wellness? And thank you for giving us that history of, you know, where we were a decade ago and where we were today. But there were three words that you said. A lot of what you said resonated with me, but these three words, comprehensive, easy, and engaging. <laughs> like those, right? I think people can, as employees, as employers, as organizations, I think we can get behind that sense. And I had just said to somebody the other day, um, you know, how do you make something like this inclusive? And I think what you're saying in these three words, comprehensive, easy, engagement, like that helps it to make this more inclusive for your employees. To your point, I get to choose where I'm at right now exactly. and what fits for me. And that will help me to feel engaged as opposed to, which I did not, I always loved the walking challenges or we got into the biggest loser, you know, all of those things oh, absolutely, that have, been, yes. have cycled through, but maybe that's not what I'm working on right now. So, so, oh my gosh, that's amazing. So then tell me, Stephen, because I think this might be key when I'm asking this next question, is how do organizations, as you're working with clients, how do organizations, their benefit offerings, how do we encourage organizations to have, for that to be reflective of their values? What does that look like? 
No, that, that's a great question. So kind of going back to those three words that you had mentioned, uh, comprehensive, easy, and engaging, sound very simple, but there are so many uh, avenues and strategies around those that encompass that. You could be comprehensive in offering the best in class for virtual health, for behavioral health, virtual fitness, you know, OG health, sleep, all kinds of things. We, we've all seen the array of, of wellness vendors out there, and there's some really great ones. But um, when you get to the ease of access and the engagement part, those two go hand in hand in that if I've got all of these great well-being benefits or, or benefits in general, to be honest, but they're scattered all throughout and I have to go to different portals or different websites or I have to find it on the internet site under a different tab, my chances of being engaged in those programs are drastically reduced. And it gets to the point where if you have to, I know myself, for example, if I have to go to two or three clicks to find something and I'm limited to the internet site, for example, or a hard copy guide that was given to me in annual enrollment time, you've already lost me because it's not getting me where I need it, when I need it and how I need it. So some of the things we've seen from a values perspective, um, at least at premise, we know that um, they're obviously the cornerstone of that employee employer relationship. And for us, values really do set the stage. So at premise, you know, a few of our cultural beliefs are being respectful, engaged, innovative, and quality focused. So when we look at our benefits, um, when we look at respectful, as with most employers, we obviously look at all the benchmark studies from the various brokers, SHRM, a lot of the other high profile, very well-known uh, resources out there to get an idea of what the market is seeing, what's the industry for us being healthcare and our particular size and scope. You know, what's everybody else doing? What are they seeing? What's their perspectives? Uh, so we do find that being very important. But really for us, we have a mantra. We listen and, you know, we heard you. And we want team members to know that their feedback is of utmost importance. And what makes that easier for us than some other employers I've seen, particularly on the, the broker side, is that we have that in spades with top-down support from our CEO and CFO with you know, Stu Clark and Shannon Farrington to Liz Reamer to uh, you know our CMO, Dr. John Leisman, and everybody in between. They are true believers that feedback matters. And the feedback we get in our surveys, our town halls, we conducted a conjoint survey that was a fairly lengthy project uh, about a year and a half ago to where we want feedback, feedback from what team members are experiencing, what their perceptions are, what do they need now versus what they thought they needed two years ago, what's motivating them. Uh, these are all things that we take probably more seriously than any benchmarking study that we can pull. And to back that up, you know, to go back to the, you know, being respectful and the engaged part is we have to let you know that we are going to do something with what you've shared with us because you've taken the time to be honest. And we don't want you to think that, now we can't hit everything that you need as any employer, but we are going to be very intentful in our strategy each and every year to make sure that we can get as much of that done as we can. And that all goes back to being engaged, you know. From an innovation perspective, uh, that's really the core of our business with uh, our on-sites, our near-sites, Connected Care Plus, um, a lot of what we do with our engagement platform, our digital wellness centers. 
these are things that we're trying to do that are outside of the normal community health and, and your network type benefits that you see. And then quality focus, letting them know we're not going to just put in a solution that you needed just so we could say we checked the box on it. It has to fit our specific population. And we, um, you know, from leadership down, it's a very involved approach to that and very intentful in, in those decisions. So that's, you know, long story short or as short as possible. No, I'm sure we could talk days. Oh, I know it's an exciting topic. And I want to come back to talking about how these attributes or characteristics or values come back to how that is a tool to recruit. But before I do that, you just mentioned, and I'm with you, I am a firm believer. We talk about this in all of our HCI classes, at least as many, those that I teach, we are talking about engagement and survey and feedback and and how important it is that we take action, right? And to your point, can we take action on everything? No, but we can prioritize and then you can look for that same theme. You know, if this particular theme bubbles up and we, it wasn't a priority in action last time, we can certainly move it to a priority. But here's my question. And then I'm going to come back to how this all is involved in recruiting. But how are you keeping employees or how do you suggest organizations keep employees engaged in that conversation and in their overall health? We're asking for feedback. We take action, but is there any other strategy, ideas, tips to keep those employees engaged in that conversation? Well, first and foremost, we let them know that the feedback that we do get from them, uh, while we can't act on everything, it is extremely valuable uh, to our strategy for recruitment, retention, and just to get a pulse of where are you? Because we know where you are today is much different than it was a year ago, and in a year from now, it'll be even more different. And to let them know that uh, that is at the forefront, we are going to work as much of that into our strategy and our benefits designs and offerings as much as we can. That's awesome. Um, yeah, so really just you know, being forthright and honest, which our team has been great with doing, uh, leadership takes a lot of pride in that. And that uh, you can tell if that resonates with team members. We've received a lot of great responses about that. Well, and you talk about one of your values being respectful and that forthright and honest. You couldn't be, you know, that's just that utmost level of respect for your employees. Oh, yeah. Our leadership team is great about, I mean, and I'm talking from C-suite down to department heads, uh, functional leaders. It is ingrained in the culture that honesty, being forthright, and really knowing that what we do, while it is to help the client, it is also to make sure that our team members and their families are taken care of. Because ultimately, as, as everybody here knows, if you've got concerns or issues outside of the, you know, the quote unquote walls, whether it be physical walls or the remote walls of work at home, it really impacts you when you come into the office. You can't turn that off anymore. That's right. Oh, that's awesome. And I feel like I did interrupt you, though. Was there something else you wanted to offer when we were talking about keeping those employees engaged in the conversation? Yeah, just generally speaking, knowing that, uh, again, we really stress our values and our cultural beliefs and knowing that how we take your feedback, again, is not just to check the box that we've taken feedback. It, you know, it's, it's taking it seriously and, and, again, just being honest with them. We may be able to make things work. We may have to push these off a year or two. If we do, this is typically the reason why. And then also, um, you know, like I mentioned, we did a conjoint survey about a year and a half or so ago that really dug into 
uh, team member perceptions and what motivated them. And, and that was an eye opener for us. Um, that's not something typically employers do. And uh, when we did that project, it was about four months of work and doing it, a lot of time and effort, but the results we received from that were just well worth it. I would recommend that to anyone. That's so awesome. It's invaluable, right? It's invaluable to gather that information from your employees. And I also love, you know, if it is something that you can ask some of those questions again in the future, I always have loved being able to go back and see, you know, have we made strides in those particular areas? Oh, yeah. Those are easy measures that we can do. And um, some of those we've done great on and others that we've seen. Not, that, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, not, we, we're not, not so, great. so much. <laughs> yeah. I know, but that's the reality, right? Like that's that transparency. That's that honesty. That's like, hey, we need to do better here or make, you know, continue to make this a priority and strive. I love that. That's so cool. I love that. So you mentioned as we uh, started talking about this, and I knew I wanted to come back to it because I think this is, as you kind of even talked about where we've come in terms of the idea of employee wellness and what that looks like today. The other piece that is associated with this, I think at least for where we are currently, is recruiting. And so how have you seen or how can you know, those benefits really be used as that tool to help recruit and retain, especially in this labor market that we're in right now. Oh, it's incredible. You know, again, for me personally, five, six years ago, benefits and well-being uh, was not a department that was typically involved to a degree with the recruitment process. And then what we've done at Premise with our CHRO, Liz Raymer, and our VP of Town Acquisition, Dave Hoogstein, they want the benefits and well-being feedback especially the, what, what they're hearing from the markets themselves over the last few years. You know, really 2020, as we all know, changed the game in so many ways with recruitment and retention. And we've just seen, again, just like everybody else, the labor market is so competitive. And then you add in the fact that employers are offering hybrid or fully remote opportunities that previously just didn't exist, particularly within premise. So what we've seen, I'm sure this is very common with the market and in any HR uh, position is that prospective employees are just demanding more than compensation and monetary rewards. And on the benefit side, the medical deductibles, pharmacy, dental vision, life insurance, they don't mean as much as they did just a few years ago. They're still important, but they're almost a secondary dot. They're expected. They're expected. Uh, Great. They are expected. Yes. yes. Those are expected today. Benefit offerings that we've seen, they want an array of different things that meet you know, the needs of, the, of employees from you know, an intern coming in in their early 20s to somebody that's maybe a year or two out from retirement and uh, being able to find value for those team members is hugely different just a few years ago. You know, No surprise here. I'm sure you've seen this in, in your podcast come up several times. The magic of work-life balance is critical. It is a must for employees today. Um, we find family time is paramount. So in looking at benefits now, our strategies, we spend maybe a quarter of the time on traditional plan designs and, and premiums. And we really spend a lot of time on the other unique benefits that we see team members want. Um, you know, For example, with us, it's fertility and adoption services. We have 
you know, not only do we have a dispersed population, but we have a considerable amount of, I think it's around maybe 75% of our field employees are female. So we've seen fertility and adoption services and caregiver paid leave uh, vastly important, whereas just 10 years ago, that really wasn't yeah. an issue. We um, didn't talk about it. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> or we didn't talk about it. Either way. Yes, yeah. yes. Uh, we've seen with retirement planning is another great example. Traditionally, retirement planning at companies, ourselves included, uh, and I'm sure the broker community would tell you the same, traditionally was 401k retirement savings. And now, especially with the younger workforce coming in, financial services today have to include the ability to have one-on-one counseling, savings for college, savings for a first home. We're in that generation where the mid to late 40 population is now being caregivers to their parents. So there's various financial needs for that. And so the financial part alone has gone from just retirement savings to just everything else beyond that, which is, which is daunting, which is daunting. So those are the things we've seen directly impact team members today in recruitment and retention that, again, before 2020 were on the list, but weren't quite yeah. priorities. Yeah, that was the word that I think came to mind as you were talking, Stephen, is just the prioritization has shifted. And as you started the conversation, some of those basic, I'm calling them like basic needs or benefits package, those are just expected now. Well, yeah, of course I'm going to get those things, but I want to know what else you're going to give me. (laughs) Absolutely. Oh my gosh. Well, it's funny. I grew up, you know, I'm so grateful. My mom, she's just very intuitive about financial planning and uh, saving. And, you know, I remember having envelopes and I'm sure a lot of (laughs) listeners can remember this, right? Envelopes Mm -hmm. for school lunch, envelopes for clothes, envelopes for all those things. So I like naturally had that as part of my rearing, right? And so, Mm -hmm. but I'm, you know, younger generations that may not be, and, and even when I was growing up, I'm not saying that every household was the same, but I just had that naturally. But I love that thought of offering that one-on-one financial service. I think it's challenging. I don't think it's something that people talk about when we're in high school and college and think about it. Um, so what a benefit. It's a great, great benefit. You're absolutely right. It, it is not as intuitive today as it was again, 15, 20 years ago, which is not as an intuitive of a thought process as before. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, I'm sure such a benefit for folks that are joining organizations. Well, with all of this, Stephen, I know comes a price tag, right? Like we solicit feedback from our employees. We hear what the priorities need to be, want to be, um, how do we adjust? You know, how do we make these things that are must-haves part of the package? But then we want to make sure we're including those tools and other benefits that are just in demand now. So I know they have a price tag to them. So I guess my question is: we want to make sure employees are taking advantage or utilizing, you know, their benefits package. How do we do that? Right? How do we make? I know one of the things you said earlier was ease. That I heard, but how are we doing that to ensure that folks are aware of what their benefits are and take advantage of some of those opportunities? You hit the nail on the head on, um, okay, so you've told us employees what benefits are important to you and what you'd like to see. And then you look at the price tag of those. And if you're like most organizations, you don't have millions of dollars just to sit there 
going unused to dedicate to insurance. I mean, who wants to do that, right? That's a tough ask. So what we've done, what we've been able to do, because cost is important, we, we want those dollars going to, you know, to the field. We need those in the field. We need them in our growth. We need them in uh, to support those that are supporting our clients. So for us, uh, again, kind of going back to the first word I mentioned of importance is engagement. A huge part of our engagement strategy is ease of access. Approximately a year ago or so, we acquired a company called Sonic Boom Wellness. And we have been able, over the course of the year, uh, leverage Sonic Boom as an engagement platform. And we're actually launching, I'll call it engagement platform 1.0 next week for our for our awesome. team members. Awesome. Congrats. It, it, it's a work in progress. But the overarching goal of this is to really have, an, and I, I hate to say one-stop shop or hub or, or headquarters for everything you can need, but, but it really is. So we think about it as we already have core competency, learning and development, professional development, diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging, and of course, wellness and benefits. We have those on our internet site as 99.9% other employers do. However, as you can imagine, how many different clicks are you going to have to go to find that? And are you, Cindy, and or anybody else, are you going to look on your internet site on a Saturday night when you have a child that has an infection or an injury that happens and you're not, you don't happen to be right in front of your work computer? So what we're doing with this engagement platform is really bringing everything under that one roof, online and mobile platform from benefits, well-being challenges, to those L&D opportunities, DEIB opportunities, um, for us with our Connected Care Plus suite of services, which is our digital wellness center that includes access to virtual primary care, virtual behavioral health, virtual pharmacy, which is huge for us, um, care navigation, where we're able to send team members to uh, high quality, high value providers within our existing network. And if they go there and they're on our benefit plan, they can earn cash incentives. Um, you know, I, I actually myself was able to earn $450 just for looking up an x-ray and an MRI through the app. And that was it. I didn't have to communicate or email it to anybody to let them know I did it. I just looked it up, went to the service. And a few months later, I got a check. These are all things that without that single ease of access point to go to, it makes things so much more difficult. And it really gets to that point, that challenge we all have, where you could have the very best, most innovative benefits programs that are out of this world, out of the box, but they're going to create absolutely no value and very little to any sustained engagement if employees just aren't aware of them. They don't know where to find them and even worse, how to use them. So that's what we've really been able to leverage, that one-stop shop and then constant communication and education, always, not just at annual enrollment. Right. Yeah, all year through. And I think you're right, having been internal to organizations, that's when communication used to be plentiful, right? As during that enrollment, we want people to enroll, but it sounds like the landscape now warrants you know, regular communication around these topics and the ease. It goes back to the term, the ease that you brought up very early on in this conversation, ease of use. Again, traditionally, you communicate benefits uh, at annual enrollment time and possibly reminders, you know, preventative care, for example, at the beginning of the year. But how often does that really resonate with more than, say, 10 to 
20% of your population. I may not care about preventive services in January. Maybe I care about financial planning. But if I'm only hearing about it in January, I only know where to find it because of an email in January. And it means nothing to me later on. Yeah. Oh, I love this. Thank you for sharing. And good luck with your launch. Hopefully we'll get a chance. Maybe we get a chance to talk to you a year from now <laughs> after you guys are on 2.0. <laughs> and you're, you're oh, how Sonic 2.0 is going. Yeah. Well, so much yeah. on the horizon for that. I would, I'd love to. That's so exciting. Yeah, we'd love to hear how it's going. So I want to wind down here. We're just about at time. So this is, I thought this was kind of a fun question to ask, especially I know you, you are a wealth of knowledge around this topic and I know it's a passion for you. So I guess my question for you if you had a magic wand, the proverbial magic wand for employers, <laughs> what would be your ideal recommendation for promoting wellness in organizations? What would that look like for you? I've thought about that in so many different ways, and I really need 10 magic wands. Okay, to be well, well. <laughs> If I only had one. Let's start with number one. And yeah, I'll can... start if, if I only had one. It's really simple. It's simple in, in theory, I should say. And it's just that meeting employees where they are. Provide a wealth of well-being opportunities. Physical doesn't mean everything to everybody. Financial doesn't mean everything to everybody. Behavioral health, especially the last few years, is a big deal. Uh, so I would say providing a wealth of opportunities and then the key to that, as we've mentioned before, constant education, incentivize people, promote the engagement, um, and again, top-down approach. And hopefully that's easy at all employers. I can speak for premise that the top-down approach from C-suite down for us, we've been super fortunate because I've seen it not be this way, is very easy. They are very actively involved, constantly providing those messages to us. And and throwing in even more opportunities than we thought we had to talk to their teams, to do webinars, to just promote in a variety of ways. And it's, um, you know, for us, again, communication and education are key. It sounds easy, uh, and it can be easy if you have the support, uh, but it, that's definitely the key. Constant communication, awareness, create the engagement, and I think you'll be well on your way. Well, and I think this just not to retitle your wands, but it really like goes back to where you started with us in the beginning, Stephen. You know, those three, for me, magical words were comprehensive, easy, and engagement. And if you think about what you're sharing now, it really all kind of wraps that terminology together with ease and communication, right? That communication is telling us about it, but with that ease is so key, it sounds like as we've gone through this whole, you know, interview. Oh, 100%. If employees and team members can't easily access the great benefits that you have, then your engagement uh, will not be consistent. Suffers, yeah. I so appreciate you taking time with us today. This has been, like I said, I know I've been so fortunate to have some of these conversations around wellness and and each one with a little bit of a different angle. And, and this has just been so informative for myself and for our community that listens in to Nine to Thrive. So thank you so much for being with us here today, Stephen. No, thank you. I, uh, again, thrilled to be able to talk about the topic. I'm a, sort of an insurance nerd and there's a thousand different avenues you could talk about with benefits and well-being. So thank you for the time. 
we loved having you and we'll we'll keep tabs on you and come back and see how Sonic Boom is doing next year. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Awesome. Well, thank you to Steven. We're so delighted that we had a chance to have him on today. And for those of you Nine to Thrive listeners, just a reminder, if you do have other topics, whether it's around wellness or any other of our communities, workforce planning, development, engagement, acquisition, uh, please send us an email at podcasts at hci.org. Also, be sure to subscribe to this podcast in your favorite podcast app. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please give us a rating. Your rating does help other professionals and talent-minded people discover our program. For 9 to Thrive HR and all of us here at HCI, we appreciate you for tuning in. Make it a great day, everyone.